0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into... Footnotes Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It is, um, I don't know, one of the two or three more frustrating games of the season last night for the Astros. I kind of felt like, I mean, I don't really think they do this, but and it's not much of a flight from Kansas City to Houston, I wouldn't think. But it was almost they must have got drunk or something on that plane on the way coming home from after their third three city trip in the first two months of the season. I mean, it was like I I I, I never actually saw because they didn't show whether Gary Pettis sent Altuve or not, whatever inning that was, the fourth or the fifth inning. Um he was thrown out by I think 67 steps. I mean, why would they even think about sending him? Now, the the problem is I believe both cuz Altuve does stupid junk sometimes just because he's Altuve. Um he he'll just do something crazy. And and Pettis, he jolly is like he just loves to wave people Like, you know, most of the time it doesn't seem like he has any logic behind it. He just does it because he just likes waving his arm. I mean, you know, like it's a propeller or something. I mean, that was just stupid. So hopefully something good comes out of that clown show play. Complete clown show junk. Hopefully something comes out of good out of that where somebody says, all right, either you got to get a new third-base coach or you got to start acting responsible. That was ridiculous. And the, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, the Astros fell down 4-0. Kyle, Kyle Raleigh, he's not even good. He just, you know, he just crushed them. I mean, it's one thing. They finally, what an ironic, they finally got Ty France out. They ain't got him out all season. They finally got Ty France out, and they get beat by Cal Raleigh. He's not even good at all. <sighs> Awful. So you fall down 4 to nothing, and before you know it, they tie it. And they're still hitting Robbie Ray. Speaking of Robbie Ray, you, first of all, you never want to win awards. Never that's that's a bad thing okay and so you have a guy like Robbie Ray who out of the blue wins the Cy Young now if a guy like Max Scherzer wins the Cy Young or Verlander or you know Kershaw in his heyday or what that's not a big deal they they know what they're doing they've done it before they're used to it it, it it's they're not going to freak out about it, 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 it that's okay but when a guy like Robbie Ray wins the Cy Young, you're, he's going to have a medicine season. He's going to. I mean, he's just he's going to. Now, the Mariners picked him up. He's going from theoretically a hitter's part to a pitcher's park. So you, you, on paper, you like that move. But he's Robbie Ray, and he just won the Cy Young out of the blue. And so he's going to have a medicine season. And, boy, is he having a medicine season. I mean, the Astros, they only ended up scoring four runs, but they scored them in like two innings. And it looks like they're about to take the lead. Uh, They got a runner on first. Brantley doubles. And I don't know if it was Pettis doing his little, look like he's playing for his grandchildren or something. Here, look, this is what a propeller looks like. Let me just wave my arms randomly. Or, or Goofy Altuve, who just does silly stuff sometimes. Altuve's hitting the ball really well by, right now, by the way. That, that That's a very encouraging sign. But they should have had runners at second and third and one out. Although that had been for Bregman. By the way, um, if Bregman's just one slump away from hitting below the Mendoza line. Somebody needs to tell Bregman that last Wednesday was June. Remember we established that on this show a few weeks ago? Last Wednesday was June, cat. I think his batting average is about 215 right now. Man, I'm worried about him. Like, I understand they respect him. I understand... You know, where he is, and I also understand that this is a team that's got a big lead and they don't want to do anything crazy, but, I mean, at some point, if he don't start doing something, they're going to have to drop that cat in the lineup. And maybe you don't want to mess with stuff, even though overall they're not scoring any runs. The Astros last night, this is how good their pitching's been. Going into last night, they were 24-1 when they scored four or more runs this season. 24 and one. Now, you know, if you're watching that game with my wife or daughters, they'd be going, oh, why did you say that? That means they're going to lose. I get it. It's they they believe in the old, Don't mention that somebody's made a bunch of free throws in a row, because if you say it, he's going to miss. And that's why he misses. But um I don't really believe in that. But, um, you know, last night, they ended up. Now they're 24-2 and with scoring four or more runs, because, large in part because of that clown show play. So um, the other issue is that I've been saying this for weeks now. Christian Javier looks terrible. I mean, he looks terrible. Like, I don't understand what's going on with him. Now, his stats don't look that bad. You look at his numbers. Oh, he's got pretty good numbers. If you watch him pitch, you say he's terrible. He's all over the place. He has no command, and he and he normally has command. So I don't know what's going on with Christian Javier. He looks terrible. I mean, he was just all over the place last night.
2: Uh, it, just to let you know, Alex Bregman's batting average right now is a .217.
1: Yeah, okay, 217. That's close enough to 215. That's, he, it's, he, he's got a, uh, it's time out. So I need to tell Alex that it's June now. It's time to start it. Yuli still not doing much. I, I don't know what to think of him. But, but, again, even though he's a veteran, even though he's gotten a million hits in his life, he won the batting title last year. It's just not good to do that stuff. But uh, so he's having a little bit of a medicine season. And... um. <coughs> I think he'll he'll pick it up. But I'm really worried about Christian Javier. Now, when Oda Rizzi and or McCullers come back if and when they do, you know, 3 weeks from now, 5 weeks, 6 weeks from now, what if, you know, if that happens or when that if that happens in that stretch like, if he doesn't start pitching well, they'll just move him back to the bullpen, but hopefully he, he can get it done in that role. My concern right now is he's not throwing strikes. So you got to, you don't want to come out of the pin not throwing strikes. So while overall things are going swimmingly for the Astros this so far this season, they're off to a better start than I expected. Uh still we're long term, I'm I'm talking about. Worried about Bregman. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time. Like I said yesterday. The last time Bregman was an elite baseball player, we didn't we had never heard of the term COVID before. Never even heard of it. It's been a long time. Been a long time since that guy was a really good baseball player. It's time. Uh you know, if he has another mediocre season at some point, you kind of become who you are like how many Mediocre, mediocre years in a row. Do you do you have to have before you become mediocre? And I don't want that to happen. I mean, it's time he needs to step it up. I'm worried about Christian Javier, and I, I just you just got to play with some common sense. I mean, there's no reason you're in the middle of your lineup. Why in the world are you sitting someone with one out? It, it, on some wild goose chase where you just hope the guy throws the ball away. Now, maybe with two outs and, and candy coming up, you do something like that. But why would you do that? I, 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 I don't know. That's just stupid. Just stupid. The other thing is, look, last year I was a big Jason Castro guy. He really came through, but he he's just completely inept at the plate right now. Completely inept. So I wonder if he doesn't hit by the All Star break, if they'll do something there, because uh, he's okay defensively. He's not a plus defensive catcher, Castro, and he's got to be able to make contact and, and, and hit and have good at bats in clutch situations, which he did time and time and time again last season. So far this season, not happening. He's hitting like under a hundred. It's hard to have a lower batting average than Candy, who's hitting about 130. But at least Candy's gotten some big hits. Castro ain't got a big hit all season. And look, I'm a Castro guy. I, I, I trumpeted him last year. What a clutch guy. I mean, I, I, I'd rather him at the plate than anybody on the team in a clutch situation. Right now, he can't even make contact. He looks completely washed up. Now, I mean, this is going to be his last year. He's, re- he's done after this season. But it might come a whole lot quicker than we think if he don't start getting a few base hits because he's not good enough defensively to keep him. I mean, he's okay defensively, but he is not a plus catcher. He doesn't block the ball well enough still after all these years. Um, so I'm a little worried about him as well. I think Verlander pitches tonight. We'll see how that goes. The last time he pitched against Seattle... It's not Verlander tonight? I think it is. Um, he, the Mariners lit him up. Now, what the Mariners did was swing early in the count, which makes sense because he throws a lot of fastballs and he throws a lot of strikes. Uh, and he has always owned the Mariners. Of course, Javier had always owned the Mariners. But Javier, it's not just a Mariner thing. J- Javier, been, he's been pitching terrible for a while now. He looks terrible. I, I, he looks all over the place. I don't know what his problem is, but they got to fix it. They need to fix it.
2: Yeah, you do have Justin Verlander starting for you and Chris Flexen for me.
1: <sighs> we'll see. I, I just, you know, it's one game. I get it, but uh, I don't like doing stupid stuff. You know, just giving games away. Now, look, they, um, Cal Riley, I, I, I can't explain that. I mean, who can explain that guy having a big game? But anyway. That's part of it. That's going to happen here and there, but it should never happen where you, got, when a guy gets thrown out by, ten or twelve steps, like they did last night in a in a in a close game early. You say, "Oh, it don't matter. We got already well, They hardly got any base runners after that." Pitiful. Pitiful, is what that was. That 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 junk's got to stop. So, got to Got a. Um. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um. Tonight, and again, you can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles. All right, let's do this. Got my Astro frustration out of the way. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, get back to the game hotline. On the other side of this timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created. Also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you about our tenth birthday bat birthday party bash at the um Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey Wednesday, June the twenty second. It will be from 5 to 9 o'clock. Come and join us. You'll have delicious wings, amazing door prizes. We'll have lots of sports conversation, including a live version of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. They will be broadcasting live from the party. So it should be lots of fun. Again, Wednesday, June the 22nd, from Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey, 5 to 9 p.m., the game's 10th birthday bash come and join us for that and when i was 10 years old it was 1976 and we're about to you know, at some point on today's show we're gonna tell you about a game that took place when i was 10 years old that definitely will be on my top 10 if not uh, on an overall top 10 of heartbreaking losses when we get to that a little bit later in the show but for right now let's go to the game hotline hello
3: hey y'all gonna have cake
1: oh I don't know I hope we have pie I'm not a cake person I'm a pie person
3: you don't do birthday pies you do
1: got oh, no. no 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 cakes are cakes are overrated gotta to, gotta to do a birthday pie
3: no good old wet and white cake bro you can't overrate that I'm sorry all you can do is put too much icing
1: i don't but know. anyway it has to be really good icing <laughs> for me to like it but go ahead Did you watch the Texas State game last night? I saw a little bit of it, but I went to bed about 11. It was 1-1 in maybe the sixth inning last night when I went to bed, something like that. 1-1 in the ninth. Texas uh, State ends up loading the bases.
3: Guy finally gets the two-out hit to score two runs to take a 3-1 lead. But Stanford comes up in the bottom of the ninth, back Knocks out back-to-back home runs to tie it up. And then they load the bases, and then a true freshman comes in and hits a two-strike single to win the thing. And I'm like, what a ball game. But Texas State, I thought the Sun Belt represented themselves really well in the regionals. I was hoping one would find a way to sneak through to a super regional, and it just wasn't the case. But, I mean, I think overall none of them were – I don't think any of them were Two zero oh, and two, you know, every one of them won a game at least, and a couple of them made it to the to the basically the finals. So, um, and Southern Miss, which will be a Sunbelt team next next year, ended up winning theirs. I didn't see that game. I saw it was eight seven, so I don't know how dramatic it was. If it was a comeback, LSU had been like the comeback kids, so.
1: Well, the, uh, oh, LSU was uh, – Southern Miss was up 7-4. to four. LSU tied it. And at that point, everybody's thinking, well, this game's over. But uh, Southern Miss scored a run in the top of the ninth and then actually got a 1-2-3. With all the comeback in LSU, did, that was kind of shocking. They got a 1-2-3 bottom of the ninth and, and, and won the game. So it was pretty dramatic.
3: Man, that's uh, something about baseball. It's, it's like our first game in, in our regional, how nerve-wracking it was. And I think what the bases were loaded when we got our third out to win right. by a run. So I, what I missed, yes, I was at a funeral in new Orleans yesterday, so I missed your show. And I was curious as to the feedback of the, what the folks were saying about the Cajuns. I mean, it's disappointing, but I'm sure overall they got to be pleased with the team and the way it turned around. And that, I, my impression of this team is they're just battlers. They got, they got a lot of guts and they never quit. And they battle hard. Uh, I, I think the better teams won, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's always the case. I think we had a lot more guts than most of those guys. I do think that they're going to look back and there's maybe four or five instances where they're going to look back and kick themselves. Cause I think they had a shot to beat Texas A&M. They just didn't come through when you, uh, you know, you get bases loaded, you got to get some runs and uh, eventually you just run out of gas and pitching and, Overall, I was pleased. I was just curious as to what the folks were saying.
1: Well, I just think you know they, they, they were they were a beat up team at the end, and they literally when you say ran out of gas or ammo, they literally did. I mean. You know, their best player was basically playing one-handed the lat- throughout the whole conference tournament uh, in Rocco And he, he didn't have a single extra base hit in the conference tournament or the regional because he was injured. Their second-best hitter, Connor Kemp, didn't play at all in the regional. And then they lost Max Morshock, you know, their, their best base runner. So they were kind of playing – shorthanded and and they didn't really have enough pitching going in so yeah I, I think if they had been a little healthier they might have been able to win another one more game who knows but I, I think most people feel like this team did what it could do this year and that's fine it, it, I, I don't i think everybody's content with what how, the way the season ended
3: well again I, it was a fun ride it just seemed like they turned it around mid-year and uh, became really fun and entertaining to watch. If nothing else, you can't say they're not entertaining. And uh, it's, it, a lot of young guys, so it's going to be fun. I mean, it's, it sound like a Saints fan wait till next year, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next year because I think you're bringing a, a, a good part of the core of that team back. So, uh, overall, the Sun Belt, like we had said last week, the Sun Belt is going to be a – I think phenomenal, and I don't use that word a lot. I think it's going to be a phenomenal baseball conference. There's going to be some really, really good teams. And if you win the Sun Belt, it's going to be something to hang your hat on, either the tournament or the regular season. I've always thought the regular season carried more weight than the tournament because any team can get hot in the that's tournament. Not, so that's not the way the it's run, season. though, yeah. So, and that's why I think Texas, Tech, uh, Texas State showed it by making it to the finals. I Again, they they beat Stanford once and really had a legit shot at beating them again last night. It's just, it's baseball. You know, it's amazing how you can go 1-1 through nine innings and then in the last inning, five runs get scored. So, but anyway, I was curious as to what the local folks said. I was hoping they were as excited as I was, although disappointed. I think they had their opportunity. So,
1: we'll be talking football for a
3: long But Have a great week.
1: All right, thanks, Joey. Um Again, I didn't see the end of the game last night. The, ir- the irony of that t- one of the strengths of Texas State's team is um, is was his closer most of the year or a lot of the year, and he he had a fabulous season. I'm assuming he's the one that gave up the runs later. I, I don't know that, but I'm assuming he was the one that did. And he had like 16 say, somewhere in that cat. I think he ended the regular season with 15 or 16. So he. Um, yeah, that oh, that's a tough way to lose. I, I I saw the headline that they lost this morning, but I didn't know the details of it. Again, I it was I think it was one one in like the sixth inning when I finally said I got to go to bed about eleven o'clock, and so it was um that that that's a shame. Now Texas State is gonna have a tough time bouncing back. I mean they they're losing not their whole team, but essentially their whole team. The Cajuns are losing a lot. Um now, depending on how the transfer a portal goes, um they have they have a good chunk of their team back. But I don't know. I think the Cajuns are going to have a pretty big rebuilding job. I mean, I they lose all 3, not that they don't need an upgrade, but they lose all 3 weekend starters. And, you know, I would think they're going to hit the transfer portal pretty hard to get some starting pitching. They need some. And, you know, they still got to beef up the bullpen. Um, I will not be uh, – with Julian Brock being back at catcher and Tyler Robertson being back at third base, I think there's a pretty good chance they're going to both be drafted. Uh, we'll see if they're high enough. To, to, to leave or not, but, man, Julian Brock is really good. Like, if you tell me one player is going to make the major leagues from this team, and I don't know, you know, that's hard to do. Don't get me wrong. But if you say there's one player that's going to make the major leagues from this team, I'd pick Julian Brock. I mean, I, I think he's really talented. Um, And so I don't know if he's going to be back. I don't know if Robertson will be back at third. We'll see uh obviously you know you lost a couple seniors that are replaceable like Jonathan Brandon uh Connor Kimple is not expected back and so you're you know that's like your second most consistent hitter for most of the season and you know if you lose your third baseman and your catcher and your star weekend rotation that's a lot to replace now you know if he I I'm you know, I guess it's also possible Heath Hood could get drafted. I, you know, I don't know how high he would go, but he was the best hitter on the team, or the second best hitter on the team. The second half of the season, got off to a slow start, but he was really hot the second half of the season. Uh, you, you, you love you. Um, the, what, what DeBarge did as a true freshman, I was very skeptical. I've said it many times this season. I was very skeptical all the preseason praise I heard of him, but man, you could he showed it all season he is so good defensively and 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 showed the knack of getting big hits and you would think he would continue to get better offensively you know you'll have Rockefeller back and you know he, he he's probably going to be the best player on your team um they never really solved the second base issue so hopefully they can get that resolved for next year and you know Veyon showed some potential so there's guys coming back but they got a lot of work to do But, like, they're coming off of a – they won the SML Conference Tournament. They had a good showing in the regional. Not great, but encouraging showing in the regional. And I I would think they'd be a pretty attractive site to to get some transfers uh, to help out in the transfer portal, and we'll see. They're going to need to, no question. They're going to need to because they – they got a lot to replace. But, no, Southern Miss, I, I don't – I mean, I saw him play. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly how many seniors they have. I'd have to look that up. But Southern Miss has been good at baseball for a while. Um, for a while. They've been good. So this isn't like, oh, all of a sudden Southern Miss is good in baseball. No, it's been for a while. That's going to be quite a rivalry. Man, between, between South Alabama – Southern Miss and the Cajuns. Uh man, that's going to be some mighty good baseball and, and and rivalries. Kind of um kind of feisty. Going to kind of remind you of the uh, you know back going back to the late 80s with Lamar and, and and teams on I10 there just having some feisty rivalries and I think it's going to be that way with um with with um with Southern Miss and South Alabama, so K just got a lot of work to do. Texas State has a lot of work to do, uh, but no, I agree with Joey. It's going to be a really good uh, baseball league, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think Texas State would be anywhere near as good as they were last year. Um, this past season, they were. They were as Coach Degg said all year, as good as anyone. I mean, they went went toe to toe, one pitch away. You could say from. Beating the number two overall seed on the road to go to a Super Region—that's pretty good. They were they were right there, just couldn't quite finish it off. So, no, it's going to be. Um, it, 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 there's no question that baseball, compared to the other teams, the other elite teams around the country in the sport, is better in baseball than it is in any other sport. No question about that. But. Um, it, it, they've done it's done pretty good in, in, in other sports as well including another banner football season so we will take a timeout when we come back i want to um let's do this let's uh, there's a saint subject that i've been meaning to bring up we'll go ahead and do that when we come back and then we'll 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 um get to some more of our nBA heartbreaking losses in the next hour. So we'll come back bring up a saint subject that they've been trying to create. We'll see how if it play how it plays out. We'll be back on the game 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I
1: love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49er.
0: Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you about Astro giveaway number two. On Saturday, June the 18th, Astros will play the White Sox. If you would like to win four tickets to that game. I tour Minute Maid Park Hotel Accommodations for that Saturday evening. You simply need to go to the website at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Register for the game clubhouse. You might win the great Astro Weekend Getaway. Astro Weekend Getaways is powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown. And the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706 one If you would like to give your impressions of the Cadence, like we were just talking about, like Joey discussed, or LSU's, it was really a good game. I, I wasn't able to follow all of it, but followed a lot of it and um, was listening to it while I was going around and running errands and such. And so. Um, Great game. So, any uh, any impressions of L- of the game or the regional or LSU season? I think overall, it was for, for, for you know when first of all when you have I don't know I didn't see exactly what it was for the for the regional. But when your e- when your team ERA for the regional is whatever I mean I don't know it had to be like seven or eight or something. Well, when your team ERA is that high, you can't expect a win and they came really close to winning that regional um, with, with with no pitching and and I remember early on or mid mid to late SEC conference season talking about the fact that I think LSU I thought LSU had a shot just because that you can win without starting pitching. It's tough, but you got to play defense. You got to have a good bullpen. Their bullpen did way better than their starters, and you got to hit, and they could really hit, and they just, they just fell a little short. So any thoughts that you might have on that as well, certainly feel free to call. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
4: Hey, Kevin. Good morning. This is Jared.
1: Good morning, sir.
4: Hey, uh. You always seem to read my mind right before, right before I, I pick up and get on. That was going to be my question. As an LSU fan who doesn't think that we should win a national championship in every sport every year, um, did did Jay Johnson do enough in his first year for us to be contempt satisfied, overwhelmed, underwhelmed? Um, you think his approach to the game, as far as Gorilla ball and uh, do the best we can with with little pitching and just focusing on, on hitting is the right approach, or uh, how should we feel about Jake Johnson as LSU fans right now?
1: Well, I, you know, I think if, the, if LSU's playing this brand of baseball, this kind of baseball, I'm not talking about losing in a regional final on the road to a good pitching staff. Um, I'm talking about the way that they play ball. If they're playing this way two years from now, I'd be very, very unhappy if I was an LSU fan. But you you have to give him a year or two to kind of reshuffle the roster and and kind of do things the way that he wants. Now, again, some things need to change, no question. If two years from now they're playing, they're having these same issues, then I would get concerned. I wouldn't get concerned now, though. Well, not
4: not so much. Yeah, not so much concerned. I also believe, um, you know, if, if he can combine great hitting with a good pitching staff uh, and get rid of the atrocious fielding errors, um, you know, they'll, they'll be back to where they need to be. One of the things that I, I notice is that, and I've always said this in every sport, the team responds to and takes on the personality of your coach. So Jay Johnson seems to be very, very, very quiet on game day, and he doesn't say much, tight-lipped on uh, on television. He must get really fiery because those guys are playing with a little more, not a little more, a lot more emotion than they did with Paul Maneri. I mean, you, you could tell Maneri that the stadium was collapsing and it was the end of the world during during the game, and you would say, well, you know, we just we we did the best we can. We love everybody. You know, this uh, <laughs> game. He had. It seems like he had no fire in him. These guys seem like they come out fired up. Uh, they get excited for each other, and they're, they're playing with emotion, which to me is a good sign of trending in the right way. They're not. They're not just, you know, kind of nonchalant. Um, and one more. One more question before I hang up, Did, uh, man. If um, if it's not evidence of what one error can do to your season, uh, what do you think about what happened with Oklahoma State?
1: versus Texas last night in the women's college. Here's yeah, here. that I was um I, I I did not actually see it, but I read about it and uh yeah, that that's crushing when you when you poor defense and it it can I mean again, obviously we all know defense is part of the game and it's so critical to play good defense and and they were known Oklahoma State as a as a defensive club, but it, it cost them in, in the biggest game of the season, so it's pretty ironic.
4: Oh yeah, I mean, I think that was—I mean, that was actually the one error they had made, in, you know, in almost all the, the College World Series, and it was horribly atrocious. It was just a total brain stoppage on two or three people's part, and they had—I mean, they had the game won. They were going to play. Now I don't know if they were going to beat Oklahoma in the finals, but um, they were—they were on a roll. They were Cinderella, and she just twisted her ankle when she broke the high. heel. I guarantee you. So. Uh, have a have a great day. Thanks for taking my call. And, uh, you know, I'll keep listening. Thank All
1: right. You. Thank, thank you, Jared. Uh, since he brought up softball, you know, Texas. The Cages played Texas multiple times home and away this year. And, and beat them once and could have beat them another time. And, you know, I remember Coach Glasgow saying, I know that they're struggling, but Texas, Coach White's going to get them going. And, boy, did he get them going. They, I mean, you talk about up and down, season. Texas had all these high hopes. They got off to a horrible start, and then they got really hot, and then they kind of hit another slump, and then they got really hot again. And here they are playing Oklahoma, and they beat Oklahoma this year, so they're going to be a little less scared of Oklahoma than just about any other team that got to the finals. So, um, wow, they're the first unseeded team to ever make the final – Series, best two of three series, championship series in the Women's College World Series. And Cajuns have been playing them for a while, got a good relationship with that program. And so that, that that's kind of, if I'm a Cajun softball fan, I'm a little encouraged by that. I got to tell you. All right, before we go back to the game hotline, and we might, I'll just throw this out there and and maybe we can get some more impressions later. One of the things online that people, that I've heard seen several different news outlets pushing is this notion of the Saints signing Sue, defensive veteran, defensive tackle, close to retirement, uh, as a free agent? And I don't, I don't know what to think. I, I just, you know, how, they'd have to judge how much they have left, how much money he wants, obviously, how much they he do they think he has left. He's obviously it's a rotational position, and he's certainly at a rotational age. And, and and so um that can all work out. Uh, it would certainly add to the little um, you know, rivalry between the Saints and the Yucks. He he would bring a little nastiness to them. He's always been a nasty player. And so it it, it would be interesting. You know, I expect that Gus is gonna have a much better season this year because he won't, you know, will have served a six game suspension. Uh, to start the season, and and you know last year was just all up, you know topsy turvy to begin with. So uh, you know I don't know what to think of this Sue's talk. I don't know if that's a media creation or the Saints are really interested in in him or not. You know they they seem to they they signed a couple veteran defensive tackles. None of them have the track record Sue did, but they're all, they're not as close to retirement as Sue is either. So my first reaction is no, but it's certainly worth keeping an eye on to see if it's real or it's some sort of media made-up story. Uh, it's hard to know that at this point. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Ah, they, didn't, they didn't hang on. So certainly uh, feel free to uh, give us a call on the game hotline. Let us know what you think of that. I, again, it sounds, it sounds great. But then you say, "Okay, how much does he have left? sue is a he's had a weird career. He just at times he's been dominant. other times he 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 seems like a little bit of a malcontent at times. i mean, I, I don't know i don't I don't know what to think of him. He seems like he's very moody, got issues off the field. but at times he's been very dominant. and as a rotational player. It's very possible that he, you know, could be a really good piece. Now, I think the veterans that they sign are not frontline guys, but they're going to be good. I think the Saints are fine with their depth on the defensive tackle. I think it's going to be better than it was last season. Um, and so um, we'll see. But, you know, Sue might just be enough of a, of a, you know, if they feel like he's got some part-time brilliance in him, it might be worth it. Might make him nasty. And they're already fairly nasty, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. But uh, there have been multiple outlets that I've read that they think it makes more sense for him to come to the Saints than anybody else, so. We'll see if, if the Saints agree to th- with that or not. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
5: Morning, foot. How you doing this morning?
1: Oh, you know, I had one of those games last night where you wonder if they were drinking before the game.
5: Nah, Hannah's not giving you too, hard, too much of a hard time this yeah, morning. Yeah, she, no?
1: she actually kind of is. Yeah, she's sitting uh, over there uh. with this grin like, um, yeah, it's 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 a pretty kind of high grin, let's put it that way.
5: Well, don't worry about it. When your when your Astros are gonna be in the playoffs and her mariners are gonna be watching from the
0: oh. from the, you can
5: you could sit there with a grin. Okay, but anyway, this is why I call it's a glorious morning again for me of course, because my Red Sox they won five straight. And also I I know you don't watch a lot of hockey, but my Colorado Avalanche advanced to the Stanley Cup final. For the first time since 2002, so I'm pretty excited about that. All okay, right, we don't play, we uh, don't
1: really have time, so give me the 20 second version of how did you become a Colorado, Colorado Avalanche?
5: Like, wh- wh- where did that come from? Back in the back in the day, I used to watch the rivalry between Colorado and Detroit when when Detroit had Steve. Man, Sergey Fedorov and Chris Osgood, and, and I always, uh, and of course my Avalanche had Patrick Wah and and uh, and Foot and Peter Forsberg, so I, I like that, right? And I, and believe it or not, I almost hated the, the the Red Wings as much as I hate the Yankees, which you know how much I hate the Yankees, but that's why I always kind of like that. Uh, avalanche, right. I, I mean, the last 10, 15 years has kind of been kind of been rough for mine, yeah. but they kind of bounce back this year. You know, they're having a good a good season. Hopefully, we can win the Cup.
1: All, right, all righty. I got you. All right. Well, but, I got to take a- him.
5: Uh, I was calling uh, because I heard uh, Paul say somehow he's tired of sweeping and he's buying brooms yesterday. Uh-huh. All I got to say is, all I got to say is, wait till October. Because the Yankees ain't gonna be sweeping nobody, and he's right. It's all in how you finish. And the last few years, the Yankees have been choking. So he said it right. It's all in how you finish. And if my Red Sox can get some pitching to go with our hitting, I think we can be a real dangerous team in the playoffs. Because all you gotta do is get to the playoffs. Because once you get to the playoffs, every team is zero and zero. Uh, it's like uh, a new seed. No,
1: that that that's so. true. All right, I got I gotta take a break. Th- thanks for the call. You're and his Red okay, Sox Red All Sox. right. Th- his Red Sox won one nothing last night over the, the old tony, the fighting old <laughs> All the little MVPs and they scored zero runs. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Time
0: to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 7th, 1966, the New York Mets pass on taking future Hall of Fame slugger Reggie Jackson with the number one overall pick in the draft. The Mets instead select Antelope Valley high school catcher Steve Chilcott. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to footnotes. All right. We had a little too much fun in the last segment. It pushed us a little too far, but no, I love that, that, that this date in history, that kind of stuff. When teams go back and you look at what teams passed on which players and how that could have just totally changed the fortunes of so many different teams and, and leagues. It, it, it's fascinating stuff. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll get back. We'll talk more about Sue and baseball and NBA history and all this Second hour of footnotes. We'll be back.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome. Into footnotes, Kevin. Foote on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros baseball. The game hotline is seven zero six zero one one one. Seven zero six zero one one one. If you would like to get in, um, certainly. This, we have the phone lines open all hour. Uh, lots to discuss. Again, we talked a little bit about LSU's loss to Southern Miss in the finals at a Hattiesburg Regional yesterday, but certainly if you want to make any comments about that or LSU's season overall or college baseball, um, Joey called and, and we and we discussed a little bit of the Texas State loss to Stunford. Um, last night, a heartbreaking loss for Texas State. I mean, I thought Texas State got a raw deal. Like, Joey made the comment that it, the the whole like the whole regular season means more to him than one weekend. Well, I mean, Texas State was the best team in the conference all year, and they got shipped to Asia for a regional. I, I, I thought they got a raw deal and having to play at the number two seed, but they almost beat them. And if they had beaten Stunford, well, then they would have hosted UConn in a super regional. And, and, you know, it's very possible. I mean, very possible that had they held on, that they were going to end up in Omaha. I mean, I think it's very realistic. They're tough to beat at home. And. You know, but but you know, as t- while people say they're tough to beat in in San Marcos, they they won a lot of road games this year too. I mean, they had they had a lot of road wins. Texas State was just good; they were as good as anyone, um, really. I other than I'm not saying they're as good as Tennessee, but other than Tennessee, I mean, again, they went toe to toe on the road with the number two overall seed, and very, just as easy could have beat them as did. I mean, they. You know they beat them once, lost to them once, and then you know got beat, gave up three in what the ninth. They had a lead in the ninth of the third game. I mean they just as easily could have won as lost. Um, and so Texas State was really good. So any any thoughts you have on any other college baseball or softball? We've got Oklahoma playing Texas and uh in the finals of the softball women's college World Series, and again the Cajuns. Been a while since they played Oklahoma, other than meeting them in the Women's College World Series. I, I'm the Katy's. I don't know if I'm too interested in playing Oklahoma, but they played Texas quite a bit, and, uh, and and had multiple wins in recent years over Texas, and and so that'll be interesting. To, and I'm sure, I, you know, with Coach Jerry, Coach Glasgow, and Coach White at Texas, knowing each other pretty well. And being as friendly as they do, that they'll continue to play, and that 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 could be really nice, really nice rivalry moving forward. There, so certainly can discuss that. I know it's early June, and we're talking a lot of college baseball, and we should. Um, we uh, we brought up a little Saints talk from in the last hour as well. There, uh, you know, you've been seeing these online stories here and there over the last week or so about. Bringing up the possibility of Andomkin Sue, the about to retire, longtime defensive tackle, maybe coming to the Saints, and there it's been suggested that the Saint. He, it makes sense that he would sign with the Saints. Again, the Saints have um, they signed Johnson and Street. Not frontline guys, but good depth pieces, and I think Street's going to be better this year if he stays healthy. Then I I think if he stays healthy and the Sue thing doesn't happen at midseason, people are going to say, "Man, we had everybody was all excited about this pickup and this pickup, but this guy Street was pretty good. Is going to be pretty good. He was he was good. Uh, You know, I don't even remember when they picked him up." I think we're going to hear those. I expect him to be better than most people think, but we'll see. Um, uh, you know, Johnson has had his moments in in the uh, in the NFL, and so I, I think the Saints are okay there because they addressed that issue in free agency even before the flurry of popular uh, free agent acquisitions. I think those were some underrated ones that they made to kind of get the depth going. They re-signed Tuttle, and then they've got Gus coming back. Probably his last year in New Orleans, but we'll see how, how all that plays out. But uh, you know, I fully expect that Gus is gonna be much better than he didn't he got suspended the six games and and then I didn't think he played very well when he came, when he came back. And so hopefully he'll he'll be better. So I I think the Saints will and then on the end they're really fine. So I think that they're fine there, but Sue does have a reputation. He does bring some nastiness, so certainly feel free to talk about that. NBA, the NBA uh, game three will be tomorrow. And um, so any thoughts that you have on that? As well as day two, we haven't really done it yet. Kind of catch it up uh, uh, week one of our footnote summer project. Heartbreaking NBA losses, and I'll be getting to that. Uh, any heartbreaking NBA losses that you want to suggest that you've experienced in your life. I know there are a lot of people that claim they're not NBA fans. Uh, but at some point in your life you probably were if you're a sports fan at all. And so certainly uh, feel free to to uh, give me some thoughts about some heartbreaking losses that you remember in your life of of a, whatever fan that team that you're a fan of or, A team that you hate that won—that's heartbreaking too. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? How are you, sir? Doing all right. I've been a while since I talked to you, man. How you doing? Oh,
6: I've been all right. Been all right. Uh, So, what you think about the, uh, the Saints? You like you like what they did so far?
1: I love what they did so far. I I still am a little concerned about the running back depth situation, but as long as that works out, I, I think this is going to be the re- the best roster in franchise history. Uh,
6: don't you think they should sign uh, Quan Alexander back? That's what I
1: would. I mean. Oh, I would. I would love for them to sign Quan back. Yes, I, I would. Uh, that would add to my giddiness. Yes, I would love for them to sign. Quan back now. Look, I don't know that it's as crucial as maybe some of us are thinking. Just because the Saints very often only have one linebacker on the field and really never have more than two linebackers on the field at the same time, this isn't old for this isn't traditional old school four three football anymore. But but still, I would love to have Quan back. Yes. Yeah. uh, So
6: uh, so far that. what they did so far, I mean, it's it looking good. It's just going to depend on one person, as the quarterback. I mean,
1: uh, I, I I think it. I I my focus right now is on the safety position. That you've got two new safeties that are you know large and a lot of the time are the quarterbacks of the defense. I'm not worried about quarterback. I'm worried about the safeties being on the same page enough early in the season. To avoid losing a game, you shouldn't lose because of some bad safety mistakes, which can happen and which happen regularly. You know, if you remember the first year that Malcolm Jenkins came back to the Saints, it, they, it took about five games before he was on the same right. page of Marcus Williams. And so that is my number one concern right now other than health. Health is always the number one concern. But other than health – in terms of on the field, my number one concern is that these safeties, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, get on the same page with them, between themselves and the rest of the defense early, early, early. Yeah.
6: I mean, look, uh, congratulations to uh, UL and LSU. But, man, I'm, I, LSU, I mean, where was the pitching this year? I mean, golly, I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't understand.
1: They're, like, their pitching was – they just didn't have no any. Show. They just no didn't show. have any. They just didn't have any. I mean, we, knew, we talked about it all season. They tried to hit their way through it. And you know what? They almost did. I mean, they almost, with no pitching, made it to at least a Super Regional. And then, look, Southern Miss is playing Ole Miss. Like, I know Ole Miss swept LSU, but if I'm, I am I would love LSU's position going into that Super Regional hosting Ole Miss after getting swept up in Baton Rouge uh, what three weeks ago or whatever that was. So I think LSU would have been a great position going into into that super regional, but it just didn't quite happen.
6: And it they just what and what hurt him yesterday, they just didn't get the timely they hit. They had the bases loaded. I mean they couldn't do nothing. And maybe Malik Hilliard wouldn't have gave that uh he gave a a, a home run, a solo home run in the first inning. And I mean no telling if you wouldn't have did that no and telling And you would know, they out. walk
1: they probably walk too many batters too. And, and you know, you give up yeah. too many free passes that can come back to bite you.
6: Well, look Kevin, nice talking to you man. It's been a while Until Dwight Stop calling. Move to San Francisco,
1: man. <laughs> hey, we 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 work together. I've been knowing. Dwight. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I like Dwight. All right. I don't. All right. Thanks. I hate the team he pulls for, but Dwight and I always have real nice conversations and very civil. And I got no issues with with Dwight other than he picked the wrong team. You know who, who roots for a team whose colors are red and puke brown? I mean, oh man, my team is colors are red and puke brown. Let's pull for them. I uh, I don't know why Dwight does that, but Dwight's a nice guy, so I, I I appreciate him. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
2: Good morning, there, Mister Foot. How are you doing today?
1: How are you, sir?
2: Kevin, you need to tell your 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 little producer right there. She got a stud centerpiece here in sitcom and Julio Rodney.
1: Oh yes, he's good.
2: Oh, God, Kevin, but he leaves the major in this field, and he's just starting to find his form, hitting the ball. My God, that guy's going to be good for years to
1: come. No, it, you know, some people are comparing him to Junior. It's probably a little unfair. But, you know, the other thing I've noticed about him is I think he's got a dynamic personality, too. And so he – I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him in Seattle, uh you know, for pass his first contract or not, but 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 he is I think he's gonna be extremely marketable in addition to being enormously talented.
2: I told you that at the beginning of the season, I said it's the J. Rod show now. Yeah, You look out for my dude. No, I think he's good.
1: <laughs> he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, I didn't you didn't catch me by surprise. I got him
2: on my fantasy team too. That's why I got Gilbert too, boy. Oh, That's that cat's breaking out this year too. Uh, speaking of Gilbert, they've got a lot of good young pitchers coming to, to the spotlight in the Major League this year. Don't you find them? I mean, you've got McClanahan, you've got Scoobo, however you pronounce it. Uh, Man, got good. I, I mean, you got Valdez. I mean, there's about, about eight or nine of them, all first or second year pitchers that are just dominating in the Major League this year.
1: There's some good ones. I mean, again, early on, a lot of people weren't hitting. I, I, I'm going to wait and see how these the, where these pitchers are. But, no, I think Le- Gilbert is legitimately good. I think Scoble is legitimately good. I agree with you. And McClanahan ain't good? Oh, McClanahan, he's going to win to Cy Young. He's on my fantasy team, too. He didn't catch me by surprise.
2: Oh, no. There, I mean, there's a that guy's really I mean, good. This, the, and, Kevin, before I let you go, he's back. And you know what I'm talking about. Who's back? Just signed a big
1: contract yesterday. Who's that?
2: Best player in football for the last. Oh years? yeah,
1: Aaron Donald. Yeah, he, I, I, you know, I figured he was playing. I was hoping he'd retire, but I was figured he was playing the game. Yeah, Aaron Donald's back, and and y'all are ineligible for the Super Bowl this year. But no, it, it, it's um it's it's he's a great player, no question. By, the way by, day day, by the, the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, a long time. You have to give me what's your most heartbreaking loss or two uh, in NBA in, in your life as an NBA fan.
2: When the Bucks lost to the Celtics in 1970, uh, Game Seven, when they cheated, Dave Collins, and all the Nelson had, John Havlicek, all them plugs uh, cheated in Game Seven, and the next year the Bucks came back and won uh, the uh, NBA title. But say that was there. That, that's always gonna stick in my
1: forever. Don Nelson hit the big shot in that game, yeah, didn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool with his little shot, uh, uh, shot he had. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about him. I oh, hated yeah. all them stuff, boy. Yeah. And boy, they, uh, they Dave Collins with his little He was so dirty. Ugly people. That, you, you remember that game, did you?
1: Absolutely.
2: That yeah, might be the Collins. first
1: NBA game I ever remember seeing, yes. And, I, and I've been oh. hating the Celtics ever since. That's one thing you and I agree on. That's some ugly people.
2: Yeah, very much so, Kevin. have a yeah. good day.
1: take care no that's a that's a very famous game. Don nelson. I'm with him there. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello,
7: Hey, Kevin. If you are a fan of college football. Um, This was not your weekend, but if you're a fan of college baseball, man, what a weekend. What a bunch of wild games. I saw more stuff that I've never seen before this weekend, so it was really enjoyable. Congrats to the Cajuns and LSU. Went as far as they could. Just, you know, LSU obviously got exposed on their their pitching. Um, Hopefully next year, Coach Johnson can bring some pitchers in when you have one starter. It's hard to do anything. Um, It's easy to second guess the day after thought maybe he could have let Hilliard go. Maybe a couple of more innings would have given him a better shot. But I'm sure he was thinking about having to play in a super if they, if they advanced, that uh, he was going to have to start Hilliard Friday. So I'm guessing that was his mindset on that. Other than that, uh, man, what a weekend. I mean, uh, I, watching the Arkansas game, I watched as much as I could, uh, that, that wild comeback where Oklahoma State hit two batters and walks another one, walks in the winning run um you know games with double digits crazy 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 weekend all i can say is congrats to the cajuns and and the tigers on, on a decent season and uh hope, hopefully uh, a little bit better
1: next year all right i appreciate it thank you very much sir thanks for the call no it it, it, it it was very exciting uh again we talked about it a lot yesterday i I'm not a big fan of all these games that you know in with 17, 18, 20 something runs, but uh, but like you know that game last night, uh, Texas State and and Stanford that that is that was that was great, and you know the LSU Southern Miss game was great. I mean I I don't have to have four to three or three to two. There's nothing wrong with eight, seven, seven, six like the Cajuns TCU. Uh, lost seven six. Even that the Cajuns A and M game was a very entertaining game. It was nine six. That's not that's not out of hand. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with that. And so it it is. Um. It was uh, no. There were a lot of big moments. A lot of exciting games. And you know, the whole Ole Miss thing. You know, we brought it up went uh, a little bit earlier. Ole Miss. All year long, what's wrong with Ole Miss? What's wrong with Ole Miss? What's wrong with Ole Miss? They sneak in, and here they are in a super regional. You don't think they're going to have fun in that super regional? Ole Miss and Southern Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! That that's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun series, fun super regional in Hattiesburg. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back. We'll um, continue talking about college baseball, give you some more NBA memories. And also, on our way out, want to remind you, if you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, where you can get some mouthwatering steaks, tremendous sides, cooked to perfection, you need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse. You might win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. It's easy to sign up. So do so today. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Astros will play Hannah's Mariners again tonight. About 7 10 first pitch right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also want to remind you about next home culting. Cutting Edge Realty will be holding its annual Luke Day on this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1. The charity, benefit, the charity event benefits K9 Companions, which is a nonprofit that gives to those with disability dogs. The event will be located at boyer Park, 411 West Bluebird Drive in Lafayette, right next to Como High School. If you don't know all those details, if you've ever been or heard or know where Como High School is, essentially it's right next door food truck kona ice Note cone stand will be on site as well as plenty of music treats and prizes all proceeds will be donated to canine companions that's next home cutting edge realties luke day on saturday the game hotline is 706-0-1-1-1, 706-0111. been talking a lot of college baseball a little bit about the saints A little bit about, uh, in the last call, got our first um, suggestion from one of the callers as we kind of begin with NBA for our footnote Summer Project, which the theme of the summer is going to be heartbreaking losses. And tomorrow I will set the stage for next week. And y'all are going to have lots of fun. And tomorrow um, I'll set the stage for that. But I did get a few. Texted into me. One of them is, was the same one that I, one of the ones that I had written down, 1987, Jerry Seasting, Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, and they get to steal, kind of a la, uh, against the Pistons, kind of a la John Havlicek. Back in 1965, the Sixers are playing the Celtics. There's like five seconds left. And the famous John uh, Havlicek stole the ball. If the if the Sixers can inbound the ball and score, then they win. It was, you know, way too reminiscent of that in that '87 um, Eastern Conference Final, which was sickening because it made the Celtic fans happy, and that's always a sickening prospect. Also, uh, one that got um, texted in was John Stockton hitting a three in the 1997. Western Conference Finals to beat the Rockets. Uh, and I will add a couple myself. The We mentioned the Craig Elo play. Again, I wasn't anti-Bulls yet, but any time of uh, – uh, at that time, the Cleveland Cavaliers were a good team that could just never get over the hump. And so any of the kind of the non uh, – you know, non-ESPN team was what I would call it, kind of never still trying to climb the mountain kind of a team, loses, you know, I consider that, so the the Jordan shot over Craig Elo, and that was only a first-round game, and then, of course, in the 1998 NBA Finals when um, Jordan cheated and pushed off, and off of Byron Russell and, and, uh, and, and knocked down that one. So I, I, would, I would include those two as heartbreaking NBA moments as well. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
8: Morning, Foot. How's it going?
1: Now, I know you have to have a few heartbreaking NBA moments in your life as a Knicks fan. A few. You better multiply.
8: (laughs) (laughs) All right, narrow it down
1: to one or two. What are one or two of the worst ones?
8: Well, the championships, number one, when we was there, like in Houston, when we played Houston. I mean, in the championship, that's at the top. But besides the championships, I mean, that guy, Michael Jordan, I mean, he killed us every year. Man, that man killed us. And it's kind of hard to love and hate him because I'm a Tar Heel fan. Loved him with the Tar Heels, but in the NBA, he killed me. You got to look at Reggie Miller. He killed us every time we got close. Every time it was our year, then the heat came. So, I mean, pick one foot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we had Bella, got LeBron James killing us. I mean, what year do you want, the (laughs) 80s? Come on, I mean, it's been been a long journey since the 70s, foot, and it's going to be a longer journey. So, I mean, whew. Oh. Uh, anyway, I didn't want to think about that, but you didn't take my glory today away. Hey, Foot, I called because I had to call and check on you. You heard of a guy named Julio Rodriguez?
1: Oh, no, I've heard of him. <laughs> Well, Julio Rodriguez wasn't the problem last night. Cal Raleigh was the problem. I'm okay with – I mean, at least Julio Rodriguez is a budding superstar. Cal Raleigh is a donkey, and that guy drove in four and beat the Astros last night. I think the Astros was drinking before the game. That's my only explanation for last night's
4: game. But I think you're going to get swept.
1: Oh, come on. Well, it actually has yeah. happened. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but about four or five years ago, they came to Houston out of the blue and swept the Astros. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, I don't think that's
8: going to happen. I, I don't see this looking good for you. And you know what? I want to let you know if y'all don't win the Steelers, I'll get swept. You created that monster with Hannah in there. When I told you that oh, i'm
6: telling against, you
1: i i I think <laughs> the Mariners I think the Mariners are good they're going to win a lot of games from here on out I am just trying to get the man we've had, played the Mariners too many times already I'm, yeah. I'm ready to get the Mariners out of the way and focus on other teams I think the Mariners are going to win a lot yeah. of games from here on out well i i
8: kind I kind of hope you're wrong too though Because I don't, I I mean, I got to deal with Hannah when I call in. I mean, is he crazy? (laughs) I want want her to regret not being a Yankee fan. I'm trying to win his foot. But last but not least, I heard you earlier. Did you sit up and say Zach Streif was good?
1: Zach Streif? I don't remember talking about him.
8: I thought I heard you this morning when you mentioned the Saints about Zach Streif being good.
1: If I said Zach Streif, I said it wrong. I don't know who would I be.
8: I don't know if he's comparing to Mike. Because I had just got in. I got in the, in the show late, and I heard you talking about. I heard Zach Street and being I, a good and all that. I, I don't. I, I don't remember. I don't remember
1: good. discussing Zach Street. No, sir.
8: Okay. All right. Want to let you know that he wasn't
1: good. He was okay. He's a good no, backup. No, no, he wasn't. No, he yeah, wasn't. He was a good. And he to started the some games because of him. <laughs> <laughs>
8: I'm foot. Okay. You're not going to be the loser today. Have a
1: good one. Okay. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> the man. Man hates Zach Street. If I said Zach Street's name, it was certainly by accident. I don't remember saying Zach Street's name. So the man is down on Zach Street. That's funny. Um, the other another game that was brought up. It man, Gerald Henderson. nineteen eighty four. You know all all Celtic victories, especially if they're over the Lakers. Um, would fall under the heartbreaking category. So I I, I would say the game where Worthy messed up against Gerald Henderson in the 84 certainly needs to be on that list for me. That was awful because I I remember I was watching at a friend's house, and I've told you before, uh, my best friend was um, Celtic fan. His dad was a Celtic fan all their you know, buddies were all set. so. I was in there with a bunch of Celtic fans watching, and I was the only Laker fan. It was just, it was, um, it was heartbreaking. All right, someone's got to the end of the, to the bottom of the Zach Street thing. It was Street, Contavious Street, defensive tackle from the Cheaters that the Saints signed free agent. That's what I was talking. About. I think Street's gonna be good. I I, I really think. He's gonna be good. But no, that 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 clears it up. It wasn't Streef, it was Street that I was talking about. <sighs> Gerald Henderson. The cat had to bring up Gerald Henderson's name. The only, the only thing worse than Gerald Henderson was M. L. Carr. That guy was the worst. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. What did Jordan do when he uh, played against Utah again? Tell me. He cheated. He pushed off. (laughs) You know he did. He cheated. Yep.
9: And what did he do, Kevin? I mean, how he cheated? He pushed off.
1: (laughs) Offensive foul. He he knew that he was Jordan, and he knew the referees would cheat for him, so he took advantage of it. You know that <laughs> I was killing myself laughing. I said, "What was on?" I said, "That's what I needed today. I, need, I needed something." So Rockefeller, tell me what's your worst, most heartbreaking NBA lo- loss? The man must be in parts unknown on his way to Rockefeller.
9: Before I have that many, you know. I don't have that many, but I got the one against Detroit, Kevin. That was just terrible, man. That was terrible. Which that was, the, was terrible. Both of them against Detroit. Matter of fact, what you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, but but the Lakers were uh, they. But but when they lost to Detroit, they weren't really any good anymore. I mean, they were just they just were there just because they had, they knew how to win. But they really they were at the end of their rope when they lost to the Pistons. So
9: that wasn't. That wasn't terrible to you. That was terrible, man. And well, it was look, a. It, it hurt the it at the time. It's the same but, thing in football and stuff. When you lose to the like the Cleveland team and Detroit team and stuff, especially our Stafford, you lose without you lose to them guys. How can you do that?
1: The Gerald Henderson loss in the Gerald Henderson loss in '84 was way worse than a loss to the Pistons.
2: Ah, Gerald Henderson.
7: That's
9: all brought him up, huh?
1: No, oh Jeff brought that. I don't know why he did that to me. I I hadn't thought about Gerald oh, Henderson in a long time.
9: But Paul got some good memories here. He's a Celtic and a Knicks fan. So you got he kinda it's of, kinda of mixed up. Got some bad ones and he got some good ones. So I mean he got a lot of good memories with Boston beating people and he got a lot of bad memories with the Knicks losing and stuff. So it's kind of mixed emotion right now with Paul. So Kevin, don't let Paul fool you, Kevin. I think <laughs> I think for all this brainwashed worn you two the last like year or so. Oh, I oh think. no! Oh no! I really do. Oh no! Boy, y- y'all are I, y'all kind heard somebody say that you kind of you kind of leaning leaning towards being like a Yankee fan on the cool. Oh Is that no! True, Kevin? No,
1: you crazy! No way! No chance! No chance!
9: Now, Kevin, Kevin, let me ask you another question, Kevin, and okay. I'm being dead serious. Okay. Your son, your wife, and the kids are at the Rockefeller. But where are you going, Kevin? I don't want to hear nothing about you working. I can't take off and it's too hot and I ain't got no money for gas. I don't want to hear none of that, Kevin. When
1: you going? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really, I don't know. Yeah, you
9: see, a grown man that works for a living, he has the right and the privilege to say, you know what, today I'm taking off because I work hard every day. I earn my paycheck. My bills are paid. I'm going fishing. But no, you're going to tell me the other day, well, I got to work. I can't take off.
1: Well, I had to work. it's the Kevin. way it is. It was the program. Russ was out there. You got to be out there, man. <laughs> all so right. right. Russ was out there. You got to be out there. I yes. don't think
9: I'm not going to be waiting to see you and your family, because when I see you and your family, I'm going to hook you all up. If you all not catching no fish or whatever you all not doing, we're going to take care of you. All Probably right. I'm going to tell you that. we will take care of you. So get your butt out there and stop being lazy. Okay. But talk to you later. you all have a good one. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> I needed that rebuking. I just don't know when it's going to be. All right. But <laughs> vicious with each other. He said Paul got two T. He got a lot of memories, the Celtics and the Knicks. <laughs> That's funny. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile
0: app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston. Astros want to remind you about a free trail event. Trail, T-R-A-I-L, is putting on a free all-day event Saturday at Cafe 20.3 at 1500 General Mouton. In addition to free paddling, there will be A party with live music to help out Mile Zero heroes by raising awareness and funds to build a new uh, teat for the boat launch and uh, park and boat launch at Mile Zero of the Vermilion River. Donations and sponsorships are welcome. Trail will match up to $20,000 in donation. For more information, visit www.latrail.org. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, the, the game that I wanted to talk about, I mentioned earlier that when, I, when we were talking about the 10th anniversary bash, um, when I was 10 years old, I already knew that you're supposed to help the, hate the Celtics. I mean, I, I, I did that at five, at five years old. I'm like, the Celtic team? That's ugly people. I ain't pulling for them. They look like they cheat, and uh, there was just nothing. Re- there was nothing about the Celtics that I liked as a five and a six-year-old. So I always disliked the Celtics. I mean, I dislike the Celtics. I don't. I don't hate the Celtics. I never hated the Celtics as bad as I hated the cheaters in the eighties and nineties. But I was hating the Celtics long before I ever hated the cheaters. Um. And in 1976, when I was 10 years old, it was arguably the greatest NBA game you could argue of all time. It was Game 5. The the series was tied at 2 with the Phoenix Sun in the NBA Finals. And the Sun should have won the game. Richie Powers cheated. He was the referee. It's at the end of – I can't remember if it was like regulation or at the end of the first overtime, but it was at the very end of either the regulation or like one of the overtimes. They ended up, the, the Celtics ended up winning in triple overtime. But um, Paul Silas, I don't know why, he called timeout. They didn't have a timeout. So it would have been a technical foul. The Suns would have went to the line, made a free throw or two, and they'd have won the game. Richie Powers was looking right at him. He saw him call the timeout, which he should not have called. This is like a Chris Webber situation uh, in the NCAA finals. And he, and, and he just ignored it. And... He didn't, call, he didn't call the technical foul. He acted like he didn't see him call the technical. And then, you know, it was just. Look, if you ever want to go and watch, If you ever have time this summer especially. And you're not old enough to have known or known a whole lot about this 1976 Game 5 between the Suns and the Celtics. It, is, it, it was the craziest game ever. Now, you don't necessarily have to watch the whole game if you don't want. But go to YouTube and look at the. The interregulation and in the overtime period—it was unbelievable. It was mass chaos, is what it was. But no, that was that was a heart. That that might be number. That was a heart. Look, the Lakers weren't playing, but um, the Celtics were. So I was pulling against them. And um, plus, I kind of like Garfield Hurd. Always did like Garfield Hurd, Paul Westfall. I, I kind of like those Suns teams, to be honest with you. All right. Let's uh let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
10: Yes, as uh anyone mentioned the uh nineteen ninety three NBA Finals game six, John Paxson getting the game winner. Uh, matter of fact against the Phoenix against the Phoenix Suns. Matter of fact, they also had a uh three overtime uh game in that series. I don't know you just mentioned the uh, Boston Celtics finals from I think seventy five or seventy six. I don't know what year you said. Yeah, seventy six, right. Yeah, but seventy-five um, is Golden State. But yeah, John Paxson. Anyone mentioned that one?
1: No one mentioned it. That 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 is a good one, especially if you um, pull against the Bulls. Yes, sir. Uh,
10: now two years later, um, of course, I was part of this team, but a lot of people, especially uh, in this area, especially in the southeast, uh, Nick Anderson missing those free throws. Ooh. Uh, yes. Then a the fourth quarter, in you know, over I think yeah, in the fourth quarter, missing, I think, four free throws. It could have basically filled the game. It basically changed the momentum in that series, and it led to a sweep. I'm just saying, you just never know what what could have happened or what what's the possibilities. That's true. If he would have hit those free throws, I think that was a uh, big thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I must just say too. Right now, I'm just um, I'm glad someone. Uh, you said someone mentioned that John Stockton. Well, I'm glad someone. Um, no one called in, but I heard you. I heard you talk about. I heard you mention it. Yes. Before you started talking, uh, that was that's a good one, man. I remember, I remember that like yesterday, man. After the year I graduated, my graduation was party was that Sunday, that Thursday. That was a Thursday game, man, on NBC, and I think um, Greg Gumbel, I think he was on the call, man. I remember like like yesterday, and Stockton hit that shot, uh, let him in the finals. But anyway, um, yeah, this is the first time you ever did it like this. Most, first, um,
1: Yeah, first time we did the heartbreaking ones for a summer project. Yes, sir.
10: Yeah. Um, well, anyone mention uh, <laughs> Nuggets and Supersonics?
1: Game Dim- five? No. You talking about Dim- Mutombo? Eight,
10: eight versus one.
1: Yeah. No. No. But uh I don't know. Was that a heartbreaking? I guess I guess when a team loses uh, it's always the heartbreaking. Sonics heartbreaking. The Sonic's uh the number one
10: seed. The Sonic was predicted to go to the finals that year.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's true. Year,
10: yeah, that's uh I heard Paul mention uh that's the year the uh Rockets won their first one. When they won their first one, uh against the uh Knicks. Uh John Stockton basically just shot them out that game,
1: man. You know,
10: um, that's all I have to add, and uh, thank
1: you. Thank you for the call, Jay. <sighs> no, I, um, you know, I never was a Rockets fan. But I never had problem pulling for the Rockets. Um, you know, going back to the 70s, the few years that the Jazz played, I certainly pulled for the Jazz. Uh, I don't know what would have happened, really. If the Jazz or the Pelicans would have been around forever, chances are I wouldn't have even been a Laker fan. Like, there was no New Orleans team. 71, 72, 73 when I was 5 and 6 and 7 years old and becoming an NBA fan and kind of picking a team. And for whatever reason, I picked the Lakers and – um. Again, my first six, seven years as a Laker fan wasn't weren't all that good, because the the Jerry West era had just ended. Uh, in '75, the Warriors from the Lakers division made one it all. In '76, the Suns from the Lakers division made the finals and got cheated by the Celtics. Um, in '77, the Blazers from the Lakers division made it to the finals in 78 and 79 the Sonics from the Lakers Pacific Division uh lost to the bullets and won one. So everybody my first six seven years as a Laker fan, everybody in the Lakers division made it to the finals or one it all other than the Lakers and then and then they got magic and everything kind everything kind of changed after that. So, uh, but no, I, I I was very happy for the Rockets when they when they uh, beat the Knicks, and then there's the whole, you know, OJ chase and everything else in the middle of that that, you know, mo- most people remember the OJ chase in relationship to the to the Rockets Knicks final at Rocket Knicks Finals. That was as bizarre as it gets for sure. Certainly, you know, we have a lot of those. Where were you when? I, sir, I remember exactly where I was watching that bizarre OJ Bronco chase during the NBA Finals, for sure. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros it's not uncommon here on
0: footnotes for kevin foot's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show
1: the fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the
0: stores do sometimes it rises a little too high that is stupid stupid not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foote passes out. Back, back to, to more, more Footnotes, Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. I want to remind you about if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to have shell Oyster House, It's real easy. Just go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Join the game clubhouse. You might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. All right, so we had talked some college baseball certainly today, a little bit about the um, college softball, and we made good progress on our uh, the NBA suggestions for heartbreaking losses, if you have any other games that we haven't gotten to yet, certainly feel free to call tomorrow on that, and we'll discuss a few more of those. And, and for those of you who are wondering, the very first suggestion I made was a Laker win. So uh, you can't say that I'm not, you know, when, when, the, when the Lakers cheated to beat the Kings in in, in, in 2 that was certainly heartbreaking for the poor Sacramento Kings, and so the very first one that we suggested, and it even came from me, was a Laker, a Laker victory, which is not was not heartbreaking for me, but I certainly acknowledged how heartbreaking it was um, for the Kings. Now, any Laker victories, like Magic's hook shot in the lane to beat the Celtics. There's no way that a Laker victory over the Celtics could ever be heartbreaking. So those will not be eligible. Like Magic's hook in the lane to beat the stupid Celtics, that that will not be eligible. But 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 the, but beating the Kings, that that that's that's on the list. That, that that's gonna be a top tenner for sure. <laughs> All right, appreciate the phone calls. Look forward to more tomorrow. Y'all have a nice day.